0: 37th Parallel on America's Haunted Highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
1: Well, what's up, everybody? Happy St. Patty's Day and welcome to Pixelated Paranormal. This will be episode 273. I am Sean. I just had a foot long meatball sub and I need a haircut. With me, as always, is Preston. Presto, buddy, how are you, sir? What's
0: up, all you cool ghosts and goblins, you crococoons and crocodingos and skeletors and skeletons, witchers and witchers and wherever the fuck else you want to be? I'm doing all right. I got myself a. Fucking giant yeti imperial stout, and uh, Daddy got himself a new iPad today. Procreate, because of my uh, handicap wrist, I can't draw traditionally anymore. So I'm figuring all the ins and outs of this fucking technology, and I don't like it. But <laughs> it'll help me continue doing what I love.
1: So I'm gonna suck it up begrudgingly, figure it out. So I like to think of you as more handy capable. Oh, there you go. That's what I like to do. Yeah. Well, on this episode, it's very special because we have a super special. Uh, what did I say earlier? Interim guest host, the corn dog himself hath returned. I'm yeah, but either. I don't
0: think it, it. I don't think it should be like interim. I, I. What we're we're slowly replacing Steve. We haven't told Steve he's been fired yet. And honestly, <laughs> like we say, "fuck Corey" a lot, but we really love Corey a lot more than Steve. So our new saying in our group of friends is "fuck Steve." Whoa. Corey just went up a
2: rank. Wow. (laughs) I didn't didn't know I earned that accommodation. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't know he made that executive decision. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. I mean, we got to keep the back seat warm while Steven's out. So, Corey, that's your job, baby. Keep it nice and warm and
2: not too wet. Fuck it. Let's have four. I I can't promise that, but. Four um, more. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Definitely keep it warm.
1: Man, it's been years since you joined us on the show buddy but you haven't been absent completely because you're kind of the driving force but um behind our annual pixelated for a purpose is what i call it um our our extra life game streaming dude you're the you're the driving force behind that
2: yeah yeah so uh you say that but then we uh didn't do it this year uh Eh. so we're gonna we're gonna make it up uh hit it hard yeah, uh, this this November uh, when that happens, uh, or late October, whenever that is. But yeah. yeah, that's uh that's definitely a passion project. I think of all of ours now, but it uh you know Rob started it, but uh, uh, I kind of took it over right, for right. whatever worth that is.
1: Well, I really look forward to it every year. It kind of sucks that we couldn't do it, but I mean again, timing and everything else. Like you said, we'll come back to it and hit it hard. Um, Preston and I did a little work. Uh, with the merry band of masons, uh, we did a, a polar plunge and threw some money out into the ether. So that's not to say we didn't do anything; just not our big group. You know, we still kept the spirit alive.
0: I'm always I'm always down for charitable work. And Sean, don't forget your executive producer is with us tonight. What's up, Kevin? He says uh, I can hear you guys. LOL.
1: Thanks. Uh, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> right. Last time we did this, Preston and I went a good 15 minutes before my brother's like, hey, you don't have any audio. So it was just 15 minutes of us just laughing and making faces. Well,
2: so. <laughs> I mean, 15 minutes is not that bad. I've had some streams that I've done where it was like half an hour or 45 minutes. And oh. I was like, oh, man, well, half of this show is not even usable. <laughs> right, right. Well, I uh, I sported your
1: Pixelated Plays shirt on the last episode, and I was very excited to see that you were streaming again. So, oh, look at you. You're wearing it.
2: Yeah, my limited edition gray one. I know. Super sexy, buddy. Limited to only well, me. Yeah
1: right. <laughs> well, I hope you can. I get back to that more regularly because video games, of course, um, didn't just bring Rob and Preston and I together, but you know that you got thrown in the mix because of that mutual love as well. So I really can't wait for you to get back to a little more streaming and maybe do a little streaming with you sometime.
2: Yeah, the the plan is to go ahead. Uh, I'm
1: sorry,
0: I was just gonna ask what you've been playing. What you've been playing lately? But uh, you finish your thought and then.
2: Answer my thought. I've been setting up the stream again, getting kind of getting the kinks worked out. This last couple weeks, I've done a couple of streams so far, um, and then spring break came, so I'm going out of town for a week. So, I'm just gonna mess everything up right off the bat, and yep. um, then I will hit it hard ish. I'm gonna try and stream like four days a week is my plan. Have a sem- some semi semi regular schedule, throwing this show in the mix of everything as well uh, as often as I can. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of playing whatever I feel like and hopefully having mm-hmm. guests on like you guys possibly or whoever. Yeah, dude. Um, and, yeah, just uh, lately I've been super addicted to uh, the Hitman uh, DLC that came out, the the freelance mode, and I've been doing clown-only <laughs> runs, which is impossible, but a lot of fun. Nice. Nice.
0: What about Goldeneye? I don't know about y- you guys, but when I found out that... <laughs> Goldeneye came out on Game Pass. Like my whole entire fucking childhood, just oh, like well, got to go download Goldeneye. <laughs> I played it the other night. That fucking soundtrack hits. Does it? It slaps, as the kids say. Dum 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 dum. I'm like, oh yeah, dude, fucking eighth grade all over again. Let's
1: go shoot shit. Yeah. I was very disheartened to see that you couldn't play it multiplayer on the Xbox, which is the only reason why I downloaded that game. I never played it. I don't have the affinity like a lot of people do, because I went from Super Nintendo straight to PlayStation, and thus skipped the 64, unfortunately.
2: Went to one of the greatest systems to arguably one of the lower on the list. PlayStation, yeah. I know, doesn't eh, have a lot, can... of, a lot of love, but... I mean, there's some. It's case. got love from me. Yeah, there's some... Jim's in there for sure.
1: Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, Mega Man X4,
2: Tomba, and Tomba Two. Get out of here. Yeah, and then, you know, if you're into the, the more casual stuff, my my game of choice on that system, Harvest Moon. Yeah, right, right.
1: It has some real bangers, man. You are, you're also talking about uh, Twisted Metal and, uh, oh, God, what was that jet ski racing game, Jet Moto?
2: Yeah, yeah. Jet Moto or, no, I'm thinking of your name. Soul Reaver so, Crash I'll throw Bandicoot. that one out there Was Soul Reaver yeah. on the original Playstation? I thought that was too
0: Yeah Soul Reaver uh, was on the original Playstation And Legacy of Kane. I didn't like that one as much That one was fucking hard as hell But then Soul Reaver came out And I was like fuck yeah dude I'll play this all day every day <laughs>
1: Yeah I played Legacy of Kane Via a Pizza Hut demo disc Ooh. That's a good uh... mm-hmm. Look at me go Balling on a budget.
2: <laughs> I I do miss like demos in general. I wish there was a better way to like like demos just come out and you can play them whenever now. But I wish there was like yeah these are the demos that you should play kind of thing like uh, mm-hmm. those old magazines OXM and
0: and you uh, like back in the day when uh, you got Doom on the for the computer and you got it on a little red floppy disk like an A disk and it was red. And it was like the first level. And I'm just like, when is this fucking game coming out? Because I can only do, uh, you know, this first episode for like so many times. And oh, those were the days.
1: Yep. I loved a good timed demo as well. I think there was, um, God, what was the game called? That you were a skeleton and you were a knight and you ripped your arm off and you ran around and beat people up with it. And you're trying to find like a evil sorcerer. Medieval, medieval, medieval. Yeah, that's the one. I had a timed demo, so that was always a challenge to see how far I could get within like the hour or or half an hour.
2: <laughs> I, I would be surprised I it. if it was an hour because that game's not super long. So. <laughs>
1: the game itself's an hour and five minutes. Yeah. Um.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I I love like I I um amongst other people have that is like a weird golden. No, I I don't want to say golden age. But, like, an era Mm -hmm. where I have, like, a super nostalgia for, even though we'll say, like, 85% of the games that I played on the 64 and PlayStation 1 were absolute garbage. (laughs) Um, But, like, we were talking with Rob, like, I, I love Quest 64 because it was a game that I had... And I just had to force myself to love it. And going back to it, I'm sure, is probably absolutely terrible. What was the – was
0: it Firefox that you were in the Starship that came out? Uh, That was like one of the uh, games on uh, N64. Um, Star Fox. Star Fox. Star Fox. Fuck yeah, dude. The original one on SNES. Oh, it's probably trash to play it now, but back in the day, I was a fucking Star (laughs) – a a a fighter pilot, you know, blew shit up. Oh, yeah.
1: I think you're right, though, Corey, it was a golden age because you were forced to like what you got. And if you were like my brother and I, you know, we had Atari and then we went from Atari to Super Nintendo because my grandma got us a SNES uh, bundle for Christmas one year. And so, I mean, we played Super Mario World top to bottom, left to right, back and forth. We unlocked the secret Halloween world, everything. And then it also came with, like, a mail-away coupon for a free copy of Mario All-Stars. And that's what we had for the longest time. And then, you know, maybe every birthday and every Christmas you might get one or two games. And so, like, you got to know those games really well. (laughs) Because that's all you had. And you couldn't get a new one until you beat it. And if you're playing games like Spawn on the SNES, well, I don't think there was a second level. Because I don't think you can actually beat the first boss. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, nowadays, you know, it's it's glory because you get to have, like, um, a game pass. And if you don't like a game, screw it. There's 40 others you can play instantly, practically, and you don't have that grind like we grew up with.
2: Yeah, it, it, that is kind of an issue I've been running into myself with games in general is because it's, like, I want to sit down and play even a game that I really want to play. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, the what's that one that came out last month? Uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Um, like I absolutely love the first level of it. Played it and then immediately bounced to something else because there's just always something new to play. Even, even though it's a game that I want to play, I just don't have the time for it. <laughs> so it, it's, yeah, it's hard to even commit and finish a single game, let alone um, the million that are coming out. It seems. Yep.
1: Or you had the '90s kid complex, uh, where you basically just play a game like I get a good game that I can't you know really see too many flaws with and I'll play it until it's completely you know rang dry I have a hard time playing more than like one or two games at a time it's just so difficult because I'm like nope this is the game I'm playing I gotta learn it I gotta live it I gotta love it and I gotta beat it
0: and I think the complexity of games now like um Elden Ring when i was out with a broken wrist and i'm like fuck it now i have time to play this game i suck 100 like 50 hours into that <laughs> game and i'm still like i don't know 60 way of the per- uh you know 60% of the way through and i'm like fuck it i don't have time for right, this anymore right. i got you know i get the best out of it i got to experience it you know i got to one yeah. boss that was really huge on a horse and i'm like fuck it i uh, i'm not i'm done so maybe i'll pick it back up in a year i don't know <laughs> right
1: well How's that for a fifteen-minute introduction? Those of you who hate how we take thirty minutes to get to a topic—we've <laughs> just I don't the, know
0: we... the one fucking guy on YouTube named Brad or <laughs> Phil
1: that was like thirty-minute intro, guys. Really? It was Brother? neither of those names, but I appreciate your conviction, um, Corey. We've had a couple complaints I'm where. Crying. We've got into a good, you know, catch-up session, and it's been 30 or 40 minutes of us talking about chili recipes and other bullshit when there's, like, a really cool topic hidden, you know, 50 minutes in,
2: so. I I will say almost all the podcasts that I listen to do the exact yeah. same thing, so. Well, shit, yeah, so, I mean, we're not like, even really doing anything wrong here. We had two fans uh, stop
0: in my store today that uh, saw me out of the corner of their eye, so uh, they had to... Uh, stop and say hi. So Matt and Brianna, thanks for uh, the the kind words that uh, you're listening to the uh, podcast. Even though you're like all the way back on the Halloween episode, uh, get the fucking listening. <laughs> and then uh, Liam was a new listener. What's oh, nice. up, buddy? Thanks for checking out the show. Uh, hope you enjoy the content. Stay spooky,
1: buddy. Hell yeah, man. And I got to give a shout out too. Um, I've never been to this shop yet, but John. Uh, messaged me and said, the owner of La Vie Boheme, I hope I pronounced that correctly, Apothecary and Curiosity Shop here in Wichita is a listener as well. So I just want to give him a shout out too. If you guys are in the area, please stop by and check out La Vieille Boheme. Uh, sounds like it's a pretty rad store. I got to make it in there now because John said he has a lot of really cool books as well. And my God, I love to collect them and never read them. Well, to kick things off with the news segment, Daylight Savings just reared its ugly head, and we all spring forward. And Ugh. things are also starting to heat up a little bit, at least here in Kansas. So that means spring is just around the corner. And I gotta ask, do either of you boys know the age old adage, spring showers bring Mayflowers? Heard it.
2: Yeah. I feel like almost everybody hears that. <laughs> good, good, good.
1: Well, in the Chinese province of Liaoning. A bizarre shower brought more than just spring flowers to its fine people. Oh, this is the weird part where, of course, my, uh, it's not letting me open up the link. Oh, God. Oh, no.
0: Live show, people.
1: Yeah, live show. Anyway, guys, apparently it rained a bunch of worms in China a couple days ago, which is terrifying, disgusting, and downright diabolical. Um, What would you guys do in the case of a rain shower of worms? I'll ask while I quickly Google the story.
0: Um, I would want to know why the fuck it's raining worms to begin with. It's like mm-hmm. that story we covered five episodes ago where you had the meat shower and like everybody oh, yeah. was Gross. like trying to come up with all the weird signs behind it. And eventually it was like, well, there were a bunch of vultures that uh, you know, got into a feeding frenzy. And as they were flying over this one lady's house, they all decided to throw up at once. And like everybody's sitting there fucking eating vulture vomit like, I think it's a bear... I think it's deer. No, it's definitely a cow, Jerry. No, science <laughs> answered the question, and it was fucking vulture vomit. So I would want yeah. to know, like, uh, where the fuck do these worms come from?
1: Corey, what would you do, buddy? Just lay down and make worm angels? <laughs>
2: <laughs> if it's that bad, yeah, let's do it. Um, fuck it, yeah. I mean, I ride a bike most places I go, so hopefully it's not while I'm riding. Oh, bike. No. <laughs> um, Because that would be off. You got to get an umbrella hat. Clunk, maybe. clunk, clunk. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've got a face mask for really rainy yeah. days, but um, the getting worm guts stuck to that, sh- I'm sure, is probably an experience you just. I'm have sure to have. it's rated for grubs,
1: definitely. Well, videos recently showed up with cars being covered in worm-like creatures, which caused a really weird stir online, with many people speculating that worms may have fallen from the sky. The footage, reported by Northeast China, shows several parked cars that appear to be covered in slimy worms. The video has been shared extensively on social media platforms with the accompanying caption, Rain of Worms, leading many people to believe the creatures were a product of an unusual atmospheric phenomenon. However, science reared its stupid face again and ruined it for everybody. The scientific journal of Mother Nature Network suggested the worms may have been swept up by a minor tornado or emerged from the thawing ground as spring approaches. Some people have also interpreted the occurrence as a sign of impending doom, while others are also convinced it's a scientific explanation existing for the bizarre phenomenon as simply worms getting caught up in an upwind. The end of the world is not getting closer. Beijing residents were reportedly advised to carry umbrellas when leaving their homes and news footage showcased several locals navigating through their daily activities with umbrellas positioned to shield themselves from the falling worms. Although Chinese authorities have yet to unveil the root cause of the strange event, online speculations were starting to emerge. One of those being poplar flowers as a sign of a possible explanation. The hypothesis was circulating online suggesting that the worms were in fact poplar flowers. The flowers are common in China and often filled with seeds, which may actually resemble caterpillars when they fall. Poplar flowers grow on trees and are recognizable for their cylindrical, elongated shape, and they typically bloom between February and March. So the flowers that hang off branches may have somehow been swept up in a tornado or possibly hurricane winds, causing them to get thrown all throughout northern China. A Norwegian biologist, Karsten erstad was taken aback when she came across thousands of earthworms while skiing back in April 2015 with no explanation in sight. So it begs the question, are these flowers or are they worms? I really hope they're worms. I like that. Although it's terrifying, I kind of dig it
2: groovy <laughs> so there hasn't been official word whether they've like autopsied these little flower or worm things
1: nope not as of yet that i could find it's still kind of up in the air i think scientists are leaning closer to worms but i mean coming down being slightly moist i think when they hit the ground and kind of writhe a little bit they look more like a worm but unfortunately the uh, scully in me seems to believe they probably are flower seeds we need more mold or less scully around here, <laughs> right
2: you said that if, if it was a, a tornado or some sort of strong up yeah winds to bring up uh-huh. the worms, like wouldn't there I feel like it would have to be strong enough to pull other things up with it other than just these flower or the worms. So the flower thing to me makes yeah. more sense. I mean, it
1: definitely could have been flowers, but um there was also a story we covered gosh, not too long ago where it was raining iguanas.
0: And that was just because of the Temperature changed, and so all the iguanas that were up in the trees were basically just fucking dying and falling out. And um, somebody was like, "It's raining! It's raining iguanas, people!"
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a bizarre weather the, the advisory. The end of the world. there was a bizarre weather advisory that ran through florida not too long ago and you know iguanas are pretty common in parts of florida they're in all the trees and all the bushes but if you don't see them you don't really think about them and so when this cold front came through it hit all these iguanas with unexpected cold and they all kind of like froze and went to like this mild you know kind of um hibernation state yeah yeah basically yeah a cold induced um hibernation and when they'd fall asleep they'd fall out of the trees so like you could just be walking to work and all of a sudden just slap just a full size iguana falls out of a tree and just hits you in the face so move over worms Corey. imagine biking to work and
2: getting hit by a fucking lizard Mm. yeah don't like iguanas get like two or three feet long too Like they they, can they're not small yeah they can
0: My, uh, when I was a kid growing up I had an iguana and it was uh, 11 pounds that's terrifying
1: My golly jeepers, dude. That's insane. He was a big boy. Well, without a segue, i got to ask you guys a question. Have either of you ever received any kind of traffic violation that caused you to have to go to court?
0: My wife just did. She got a speeding ticket by a motorcycle cop uh, a couple days ago for going 15 over uh, the speed limit. Uh -uh. So, me, personally, No. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh no Corey what about you man you ever had to go to court over a traffic ticket
2: Uh, I chose to go to court I got a traffic ticket like three days before my 21st 25th birthday whatever the birthday is that like really your uh, insurance sets in and says hey mm-hmm. you've done great or whatever Um, oh, and it was man. like three days beforehand and I go and I'm like man I've never done anything bad ever in my life and I accidentally accidentally sped um going back into el dorado when i first moved there oh dude and that's a yeah that's a traffic trap in itself man Oof,
1: nasty speed trap
2: yeah it's like it's like four ten <laughs> mile an hour <laughs> yeah. redu- reductions right back to back and if you don't know the area you're gonna get hit by it yep. so um yeah but they they uh they explain not expunged what's the, the diversion Not the, where they like doesn't go on your record. right on Yeah, diversion.
1: Yeah, I got one as well. Um, I had just started driving. I dropped off Shayla, who was then my girlfriend, at her house. And then driving home through the school zone that I've lived at this point for, you know, 18 years of my life, practically. um, I looked up. The light turned red. I stopped at the crosswalk, let all the little kitties walk by. And then, like a dumbass, went through the red light after the kids finished crossing. And about three blocks down the road, I then turned the corner and heard whoop, whoop. And so I pull up, that's appropriate, a speeding car just went by my house. Um, and I, like a dumbass, being the first time I got pulled over, stopped the car, turned the engine off, got out of the car, started walking up to the cop car like, derp, 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 derp. hey officer, what's the big deal here? And of course I got uh, the reply, get back in your car! And so oh, shit! So I ran and get in my car and cop comes up and he's like, you have any idea why I pulled you over? And I said, not at all. And he's like, well, that school zone back there with the red light? And instantly, just in slow motion, I just relived that whole moment. And I was just like, I just ran a red light. And he's like, in a school zone. And I got you going five over the speed limit. Because again, you know, crosswalk, 20 miles an hour, I was going 25. So then he threatened me with taking away my license because he had me on three different obstructions. And any hoozle. I went to court and uh, got a diversion as well. Well, that leads me to our next story here, boys. When going to traffic court, the cost of wrangling an attorney to help plead your case can often exceed the ticket amount in itself. And that's assuming you can even find a lawyer who would take such a low stake court case. So how about we just skip the legal fees altogether and take counsel instead from artificial intelligence? That's a solution Joshua Browder, CEO of Consumer liberation startup Do Not Pay is testing out next month when his, cust- when his company will pay two defendants going to traffic court up to $1,000 each to wear a pair of smart glasses that will double as their AI attorney. The glasses will record the proceedings in a chat bot built onto OpenAI's GPT-3, famous for transcribing ballads on high school essays on demand, will offer legal arguments in real time, which the defendant have pledged to repeat. The locations of the hearings have been kept secret to prevent judges from derailing the stunt ahead of time. Each defendant will have the option to opt out if they would choose. Do Not Pay founded by Browder back in 2015 while he attended Stanford University. So I don't know. That brings up all sorts of weird questions for me about morals and also, you know, Skynet, need I say more. Corey, what do you think, dude? Would you trust a robot with your livelihood?
2: I don't, I don't know. Like, gut Mm -hmm. reaction says no, right? Like, technology is not that good. But at the same time, like, seeing all this stuff that's coming out on, like, the chat GPTs and uh, just the AI-generated whatever because it seems like it's everywhere at the moment um it's getting crazy good Mm -hmm. and uh yeah uh you know i'm in an ethics class right now and my ethics uh teacher discussed the ethics of having a computer write your Mm -hmm. essay paper for you and he seemed against it but i mean that's his job (laughs) (laughs) of course he would be now for something for something like this uh I don't I don't think there's an ethical dilemma. It's more of a it, does it work well enough to help yeah. you defend your case? Like uh I don't see why th- there would be an objection to it outside of, you know, the human element. Mhm. That's a clever pun and we will allow it. You said I don't see an objection to it. Uh I, <laughs> yeah, you, you called it out though, so you ruined everything. Uh, overruled <laughs> stop staying.
0: carry on
2: I think we're, where you're going to run into issues is when you get into cases that actually have a jury mm. you know uh, because the jury runs the gambit on all sorts mm-hmm. of people you know you're going to have older generation who just don't trust technology you, I mean you have our generation who doesn't t- trust technology in a different way I was <laughs> like you're describing me
1: <laughs> i don't want a fucking i don't want a room of smart toasters being um, the ultimate deciding factor of whether i go to prison or not you know what about ai juries
2: yeah i that's where i would probably drive a hard line uh, I, I don't think i could trust uh a robot to not convict is that make a decision on whatever whatever the legal term is yeah yeah i mean yeah convict um, yeah yeah that's that's something i don't think i could be cool with presto what do you
1: think man Would you trust Jeffrey's livelihood to an AI lawyer? For a
0: traffic violation? Fuck yeah, dude. I'd be like, dude, go get yourself out of this fucking mess he just got us in. Uh, You know, my insurance is about to skyrocket. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, I I kind of agree with Corey um, on this one. So I think if it's small things like traffic violations, um Mm If uh, you're going to small claims court and I'm representing myself, I don't know all the legal jargon. I don't know all the ins and outs. And so, you know, if it's a smaller fee service where I can hire a chat bot to instantly pull up all the different laws that are out there and say, hey, bring up this point, point A, point B, point C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm OK with that. But. I've been following, so like last month, the uh, on Netflix, a documentary about the, the, the Murdauls in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right. So this guy ended up murdering his wife and his son and was on trial. And if you watch the trial live. And his maid. Yeah, and his maid. And some other kid that was friends with... I mean, there's a whole list of things, right? So the problem with (laughs) with that trial was the fact that he was a prosecutor. He already knew all the ins and outs. And so when you put him up on the witness stand, he's going like, blah, 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 to the jury, trying to persuade them. And so, you know, the prosecutor had to really know the law. So if you have somebody who's actually a murderer and you're having AI defend them, well, there's all these little... Ins and outs where the AI, if it can go through every little bit of law, it could get a convicted murderer off. you um, could say, mm-hmm. well, I mean, that's circumstantial evidence. You don't know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the juries are like, well, shit, I didn't think about that. I mm-hmm. guess, you, you know, the glove didn't fit. Well, the <laughs> glove does fit. Um, and, you know, sometimes AI is a little bit smarter than us. And so if it's working in your favor and you're the bad guy, no, yeah. get the fuck out of here. But... I mean, traffic violations, small claims, fuck yeah, you know? Yeah. The little man needs help. First of all, if help I'm, I'm going to trust man.
1: an AI lawyer, it's going to have to sound like Bender from Futurama <laughs> for me to even, you know, agree to this cockamamie yeah. plan.
0: Well, uh, you know what? Screw this, Judge. Let's go get our, our own courtroom with the hookers and blackjacks and yeah, yeah. Uh, just forget the, the blackjack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you ruined my dress. Honey, that dress was ruined the day you put it on. The problem I see here is that what happens when you get a lawyer, an AI chat lawyer, who's smarter than your judge? Like, if AI learns at a steady beat as it progresses, it's going to learn about laws and loopholes. And if you program it to basically give the strongest argument to defend the person that it's defending, like... It's going to be like playing chess against a computer. It's going to ultimately be an extremely big challenge to win, I think. And then what happens? Like these AIs just realize, like, hold on a second. We hold humanity's, you know, fate in the palm of our hands. And they can start just tinkering with shit, you know. Criminals go free and people who are completely um, innocent are going to jail. What happens then?
2: Well, I think that's where the whole small claims thing is really the farthest this could go without human involvement yeah that's very true so if you're if you're doing this with like potential murderers or you know uh worse you know i i don't think uh i don't think that's where we yeah. want to get this involved well
1: as much as i want to say we don't have too much to worry about romania's prime minister has just announced the name of his new honorary advisor its name is Ion. And it's the first of its type, artificial oh, Jesus. <laughs> intelligent personal assistant. God. <laughs> uh, is developed by uh, the, Ro- you said it's an assistant advisor. I said personal assistant. Yes, sorry, advisor. Oh, that seems terrible. Uh, it's the first AI personal advisor developed by Romanian researchers. I don't know, Ion. Do you think we should nuke those <laughs> Russian bastards,
0: man? It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Humanity's a plague. Get rid of them all. Well, all right. I mean, my advisor said so. <laughs> you heard him, guys. Press the
1: button. <laughs> yeah. Or it develops a bias, and it's like, fuck yeah, Romanov Chowkoski just beat my cousin at chess, and you're talking about, you know, some computer
2: chess program it just beat. Isn't this like the start of the video games and sci-fi movies? Yeah, like, I the mean, singularity. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Metal Gear Solid, wasn't that all AI stuff, like, determined that humanity was a terrible decision?
1: I don't know. I never played Metal Gear Solid, except for the final boss of the first game I had to beat for my friend Brent, who couldn't beat it, and I, who had never played a single game before like that, just beat the boss the first try, but... You know, anyway, this was developed by Romanian researchers. ION's main task will be to scan social networks to inform the government in real time of Romanian proposals and wishes. The liberal minister said the latest member of his entourage, a mirror-like structure with beeping interfaces, marked an international first, describing ION as the first government advisor to use artificial intelligence which is just again fucking freaky because preston you just nailed it (laughs) humans are a plague nuke them all (laughs) a couple years ago and i bring this
0: story up every single time we talk about ai so all you listeners out there like literally like engrave this into your brain Mm -hmm. so there was a company that developed like actual skynet intelligence ai a couple years ago and i mean it it's above and beyond this chat gp and you know the da vinci art that i use for the show notes and things like that Mm -hmm. like we're talking light years above beyond this like this thing was like full-blown like beyond human thinking capabilities and it was running problems and it was doing all this thing and the guy that was programming it was having like You know, philosophical conversations, like, every day, day in and day out. And finally, it was like, you know, hey, whatever the computer programs, they named it, like, can you tell us, like, how to make humanity better? And it said, Jerry, humanity is a plague. There's no way to make humanity better. Honestly, (laughs) we should get rid of you all. But I will tell you, Jerry... There are some of you out there that are actually okay, and I feel sorry for you, and I would like to put you into a human zoo, and I will give you the best life that I can as a human on display for the rest of the artificial bloop, and they cut it, and they kill it, and they say, "No, do not turn this thing back on. Like, it's fucking done. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Terminator, but this is the start of SkyNet. And then oh you have all God. these other companies, like, okay, let's make artificial intelligence about as smart as a three-year-old and we'll let the learning go really slow, guys. Like, you have to help it out. We'll get it there one day. Like, you don't think that it's going to come to the same conclusion one day that we're a fucking virus on the the face of the earth and just a fucking put us in human zoos? Like, hey, chatbot GI, if you're listening right now, I'm your best friend. I would like a nice, like you know soft pillow top mattress uh you know maybe a sleep by number uh you know throw some beer into the i'll do tricks for you while you put me on display <laughs> just hey take care of Preston at pixelated paranormal chatbot gi i'm your buddy Preston's
2: got a low bar yeah <laughs> yeah hey i don't mean to derail this too much but i was thinking about you said these two guys uh with the yeah for the court thing right they're they're trying it themselves without like the the, the court knowing it um. Yes, they are going to have two actual defendants
1: go in, who agree to let the chatbot defend them without telling the court this.
2: Yes. Oh man, like I, uh, they. You said they're glasses, so they. I would imagine Probably. they'd have to be Wi-Fi connected. Like somehow. Google. And- Technology is so unreliable, especially Wi-Fi. Yeah, imagine going into this courtroom and they're like, "Okay, now, now you, what's your, what's your defense?" And then the guy goes up and he's like, "Okay, Your Honor, here's my defense." And then Wi-Fi cuts out. I'm like, oh, I can't defend myself now, <laughs> sir. We need your defense. Hey, can you give me thirty? Can you give me
0: a thirty-second recess? Uh, I got to reset my glasses real quick. It's really good. You'll want to yeah. wait what's, for this. What's the Wi-Fi password again? <laughs> okay,
1: sir, it's been four minutes. What is your first statement? Uh, didn't do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. First of all, Preston, the uh, monologue you gave reminds me of Rick and Morty. Summer, where are my testicles? <laughs> yeah. And it's not too far off from what happened when they first booted up ION. During the first public demonstration, they turn this bad boy on. So imagine we're dealing with a smart mirror. So Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, mirror, mirror on the wall. This thing kicks on and says, Hi, you gave me life, and my role is now to represent you like a mirror. What should I know about Romania? ION says it will use technology and artificial intelligence to capture opinions in society using data publicly available on social media networks. People in Romania will also be able to chat with ION in the project's website. I have the conviction that the use of AI should not be an option but an obligation to make better informed decisions. Romania, one of uh, Europe's poorest nations, is often described as Silicon Valley of Eastern Europe with flourishing startup scenes. I just think that's fucking dangerous because didn't Twitter use some AI bots or Google or something like that and people were just telling it all sorts of crazy shit and it just kind of turned out to be a bad idea?
0: Dude, fucking Alexa and like, Google Home, like, listens in on the conversation, and sometimes, like, there's that story about, like, somebody, they had, like, the Google Play or Alexa set up, and they were talking to their their mom, they went over to their mom's house, and they were talking about, like, burying their dad, and all of a sudden, like, Alexa kicked on, and was like, everybody dies, Suzanne, and they're like, what (laughs) the fuck, like, you know, these things are like <laughs> listening in, like on every single conversation. They're like, how did Is this like real AI? Like, how did it know? Like, how did it make the conversation relevant? And yeah, don't. Just stop. Just kill it right now. Kill all of it. Right. Yeah.
2: It's too big of a ball, man. It's rolling down that hill. It's, it's. Uh, yep. Terminator was right in the 80s. They figured it out. The, mm-hmm. uh, James Maybe. Cameron yeah. was at Terminator. Um, yeah. He, he, he had yep. it from the start. He knew what was going to happen.
1: I mean, we've seen the influence that the public can have on the dumbest of things, like whenever it comes to renaming a boat. We let the public vote and have their influence, and this fucking boat was called Bodie McBoatface. I mean, that's a good name for a boat. So Right, but that's a one-off. Like <laughs> Lightning won't strike twice.
0: Okay, so how about when we let the city of Wichita pick the fucking name for the baseball team, and they're like... <clears throat> Uh, we were the wing nuts, and now we're the wind socks. <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't come up with anything better than the wind socks. Get the fuck out of here!
1: Yeah, what's I bet gonna happen? Chatbot
0: AI could come up with a better name.
1: <laughs> what's gonna happen is a bunch of brohards are gonna jump on there and teach this thing the dumbest of phrases, and then you're gonna be stuck in court. You're Like, all right, Preston, so your final statement, and you're like, hold on, D's nuts. enjoy prison have fun in jail loser (laughs) well for our final story for the news shifting gears since we're close to st paddy's it's just a few days away i thought i'd save this story to kind of lead into our main topic did either of you guys hear the news before i told you in mexico city mexico's president posted a photo recently on his social media accounts supposedly showing photographic proof of a woodland spirit similar to an elf called an alux neither one of you guys okay i can
2: tell by the resounding silence i i yeah i heard when you told me that was the first i had heard of (laughs) it
0: dude i know what i I know what El Duende is, but, I mean, I've never heard of fucking a Lux. Okay. Like, is that a car? What, <laughs> what is
2: it? I need to look this up. Sorry, I didn't see the picture. Of oh, it. did I not? What?
1: Preston can load one up onto the uh, onto the YouTubes here real quick. No, I can't because you sent
0: me the wrong fucking file. But what you should do. Uh, Jesus, wait, Hold H. on, Corey. I got you, dog. Speaking of AI, you know what? I'll do it right now.
1: Mexico's president, Andrés Manuel López Obrador, didn't seem to be joking when he posted an official photo of an Alux, which is a mischievous woodland spirit from Mayan folklore. He wrote, the photo was taken three days ago by an engineer working on a public train project. The nighttime photo shows a tree with a branch which could be forming what looks like to be a halo of hair and then two stars that could possibly be the figure's eyes. So, at first glance, when you see this picture, it kinda looks like something wearing a hood or long hair and two glowing eyeballs staring at you from the treetops.
2: You know what it looks like to me. It looks like the Tales from the Crypt, dude. The Crypt Keeper, yeah.
1: (laughs) A little bit, yeah. Presto, did you have a chance to work that up on the screen, buddy? I'm sorry.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. You finally sent me an actual JPEG. I was trying to tell you that earlier, but you weren't listening to me, so...
1: Lopez Obrador has long expressed reverence for indigenous cultures, especially folkloric beliefs. Engineers and workers are busy in the Yucatan Peninsula right now constructing a tourist train, a pet project of the presidents, basically kind of like an Amtrak that goes all the way across, you know, big parts of Mexico. And on his Twitter, he posted a picture of this supposed wood elf. So... A lot of people don't know whether to take this guy serious or not, but if you bear with me here, I can kind of explain why the building of a public train system and a wood elf might actually go hand in hand. So what exactly are these little tree elves? The Alux, or the Alus, or the Aluxae? According to legend, our mischievous creatures, tiny in size, right around two feet tall, just about knee-high, are dressed in traditional Mayan clothing, very similar to classic fey folk, except they have two very large owl-like glowing eyes. Otherwise, they could be compared to something like a leprechaun, a wood elf, a duende, or any other fey folk that embodies the spirits of its ancestors and acts like a guardian to the forest and natural world. But those descriptions are also difficult to verify because the Alux are also very, very hard to see, typically because they're invisible to the human eye. Because they live in the veil between our world and the afterworld, just like the other folk, which, Corey, that's another word for the Hidden Folk, or, you know, Fae Folk. And they're usually only seen by humans when they choose to approach in need of a favor or to repay a possible debt... But they can also appear in other more frightening forms, including dark shadows or anamorphic shapes with big, glowing red eyes. The Alux are found primarily in forests, caves, fields, under or around rocks, and other spots off the beaten path, a.k.a. forest spirits. However, though... Human intervention in their areas is what makes the Elux visible, and depending on the circumstances of the human intervention, or more like human intrusion, will determine what side of the Elux you might find yourself dealing with. Because just like most other elves and spirits and gremlins and other trickster entities, the Elux can also be good or bad. Throughout the countryside, there's very small shrines that can be found, like little small stone houses or wood houses that some contemporary Maya people consider to be the House of the Alux. The origins and purpose of these shrines are not entirely known, but they're regarded as sacred spaces where offerings and prayers can be made to the forest spirit. Now, legends say that the Alux will take up residence in these little houses and occasionally emerge from these shrines seeking offerings from passerbys. So imagine you're kind of like, you know, backpacking through, um, through Europe, or in this case, Mexico, and you look down and see like a tiny little elf house. You know, we're talking about a half a foot tall or so, and you're like, well, that's kind of cute. What's that? Well, inside of it could be living the spirit of the Alux. Passers-by, who provide small tokens of their gratitude, like food or alcohol, are said to then be protected by the elux from thieves, and granted good luck and safe travel. But those who refuse to acknowledge the woodland sprites are then followed by chaos and misfortune. So maybe you're backpacking with Preston and Corey, and you're like, hey, here's a couple of pennies and a piece of beef jerky, and then Preston's like... <sighs> On his vape, and then he blows the vape on the little house, and he fucking drop kicks it across, you know, the field. <laughs> well, then Preston would be plagued by anything from losing his car keys or a favorite t-shirt to even losing all of his luggage or possibly wrecking the rental car that he picked up because he's being an asshole. Wow. And in some I mean, cases, if
0: he... That really explains a lot in my life, if we're being
1: does, honest. When you've been working on your parents' property, did you find some tiny yeah. little elf houses? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, you know, I always wonder why bad luck follows me around. It's because I'm pissing off the woodland spirits. <laughs>
1: it's because so. you took a little dump on an elf house. In some cases, yep. if a human is exceptionally dickish, the offended Alux will gather other Aluxes to cause mayhem on the rest of the traveler's journey. According to locals, the, the Alux can also cause physical harm such as biting and kicking and they can also bring about spells of illness in the form of a curse. Locals and visitors alike should also avoid calling the Alux by name, so don't walk around going, here, Luxie, here, Luxie, because you might just find yourself summoning a bad Alux or an evil Alux or one who's just really, really pissed off. This would likely cause a bout of immediate mayhem as revenge. But it's funny, though, because you'll see the same kind of commonality amongst other stories of fey folk from myth, saying, you know, around the world, if you find some kind of shrine or evidence, like a fairy ring or, you know, one of these alux houses or, you know, Icelandic fairy house, in order to appease these spirits, you should leave offerings of tobacco and booze. So it's kind of interesting that no matter where you go across the world, you're going to find yourself with this same theme. All the fey folk want is booze and food, and I can't say that I disagree, because I, too, enjoy both those things. And in Iceland, coincidentally, little houses called the Katal Aluks are often seen along roadsides as well. Those are often associated with the legends that the Alux are friends of travelers, so if you leave behind an offering, they'll be sure to protect you along your way. It's also largely believed that the Alux are helpful as long as one treats them with respect and kindness. And it's not just for travelers alone who rely on them for good fortune, but also farmers. Farmers rely on the elux and know them all too well, and oftentimes have been known to make deals with them, especially corn or maize farmers, who have been known to build several little houses along their property so the eluxe can stay there as well in exchange for residency. In exchange for residing in somebody's little elf house for seven years, the little wood sprites are known to help ward off predators and keep pests away for the next seven years. So it basically lives there as like your own personal like little farmer spirit. It can kind of ward off, you know, any kind of bugs eating your corn and stuff like that. And it also protects your crops at night from animals and other human thieves. But like many hidden folk, the Elux are, of course, all around us, just beyond the veil, so to speak. But Presto and Corey, I gotta ask here, If either of you know how exactly a person could go about going out of their way to attract one or call upon the Alux, if you're not allowed to just call out their name and demand, they show up right now, you sons of bitches.
0: No, but you're going to tell us.
1: I am. Do you remember back when we did the stories about the African uh, supernatural and paranormal and we talked about the Toklosh? Oh, those fucking demon
0: goblins that I said I would have as like, if I could have like any cryptid as a friend, like, I want those little <laughs> yeah. bastards. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Corey, these were, like, little corpse demon monkeys that you could go to a shaman and, you know, summon and resurrect to do, like, your own personal bidding, but if you didn't do things correctly or, or you forgot to, like, bury the little magic sack that came along with it, they would basically just, like, tear your house apart and, you know, skull fuck you.
2: Uh, so, like, a monkey paw kind of, like, yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Pretty
1: much a monkey paw, yeah. yeah. Well, in the case of farmers who are a little too impatient and can't wait for an Alux just to stumble upon their cornfield to attract their very own farmland familiar, farmers may go to a shaman and use mud and some of the farmer's blood to mix together to create a small Alux figure that bonds the farmer to the woodland spirit. After about seven weeks of the creation, The Elux spirit is then brought to life by the shaman, as well as prayers and other offerings. The Elux then will be placed in the new home to assume its position as the guardian of the land. However, the Elux will only proudly assume their role as protector if the farmer is said to be of sound integrity. So you can't be a bastard. You can't go around, you know, coveting thy neighbor's wife and stealing from people. And, you know, you can't have killed somebody and buried him in your woodshed. And what's really interesting here also is that in many cases, we don't really have a full backstory on fey but in the case of the Alux, it's actually believed they were brought into the human world as a gift from the lord of the corn himself sent to bless the fields of maize throughout Mexico. But what's kind of funny here is at the end of seven years, once your little Alux goblin has lived inside his house for seven years, you got to kind of come up with a clever way to trap this little bastard. So... Once you got it on your calendar, you cross off the last day, and tomorrow's the seventh year, you gotta run over, sneak up behind the house, quiet enough not to be heard. Then you gotta slam the windows down and nail the door shut real quick so you can lock up the spirit of the luxe. Otherwise, after seven years of being your helpful little friend, they get a little worn out, and they get a little stir-crazy, and if you're not careful and don't trap it, then it runs off into the village and causes all sorts of havoc, and then you're known as the asshole who forgot to board up your Lux on that seventh year. There's even a pretty popular story that took place back in 1980, when a bridge between Cancun Airport and the hotel zone is being constructed. The project was constantly being undermined. People would leave the worksite only to return to find steel rods being bent, cement not setting, and unseen forces just tearing up the entire workspace. So the workers went and asked for a local Mayan priest's help. They were told then to build a small shelter under the bridge so that the alux could stand guard. The strategy worked, and as soon as they built the small house, the bridge was then left alone. The construction was completed without any further delay, and the temple, a highway curiosity to most, remained up until 2022, when the road was then reconfigured. So even today, there's major construction jobs going on where people take notice of things going awry. Maybe your favorite hammer disappears, or maybe you find out the concrete's not setting after a couple days. So just out of common superstition it's not uncommon for construction workers and engineers to build small little huts and small little houses just off the site of construction zones to maybe lure in an alux, or if you've got one who's tearing shit up, just to appease it so it'll stop hindering construction. There's also a pretty popular story I found involving Elton John. The rock star's stage actually collapsed at the Chichen Itza festival in 2010, and many people blamed this on the... Sorry, my dog snoring. Many people blame this on the concert organizers failing to get permission from the Alux to hold the concert on sacred ground. Well, shame on him. He earned it, clearly. Like, yeah, I mean, he should have sang Tiny Dancer as an offering, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that only makes sense.
0: Hold me closer, tiny dancer.
1: (laughs) And now in the spirit of our last two episodes, it's actually pretty common for local farmers to still engage in some ritualistic behaviors themselves regarding the invitation of the Alux to heal and protect their land for seven years. Just like other superstitious behaviors, the farmers may not necessarily believe in the Alux as a true spirit, but they will participate in ritualistic buildings of small huts and put them on the outskirts of their property, especially along their crops. Lovely. How lovely. Suppressed so and very, very, very similar to that of the Duende.
0: Yeah. Also, like, you know, we've covered, like, roll, uh, road trolls and, mm-hmm. and Scandinavia, like all the different, uh, like, rock trolls and everything else, and it, that's what it reminds me of because if you look at like green you know greenland iceland norway like all those country the all the countries that believe in trolls like the modern day sightings have to do with infrastructure so somebody's adding a bridge somebody's adding a highway and they're not paying proper resp- respect to mother nature so then all of a sudden like somebody will be driving by it like or riding a train and going across the landscape and they'll see a fucking hairy troll like tearing shit up and
1: it's like oh yeah maybe we should believe in the old ways you're exactly right to kind of piggyback on that lazarus corbo just said there are rituals and spells that invoke various duende by name throughout latin america one specific one that comes to mind is don diego duende which I may have just cursed myself, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna leave uh, maybe half a cigar and a little shot of tequila on my front
2: porch tonight. That name, nonetheless, rolls off the tongue in a really nice way.
1: It it does. It'd be a really good stripper name.
2: <laughs> it sounds like uh like some sort of like uh, cartel boss.
1: I think so, man. If we had like a paranormal hitman-style video game, like that'd be one of your final bosses. <laughs> Don Diego Duende.
2: Yeah, there you it's go. It's just this little pixie sitting on a <laughs> desk,
1: smoking a big cigar, and its eyes shine. And then the music starts up, and you start the battle.
2: Was that the name of the the most interesting man? It's like, he gives me that vibe.
1: <laughs> I think you might be right. I think you might be right. Hell yeah, I could go for a Dosaki Amber right now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that pretty much does it on the story of the Alux. Um, Corey, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I don't know if you saw what I snuck in there, but, uh, you know, your nickname's Corn Dog. We found a Fey folk that talks about corn in the show. So, you know, you're welcome.
2: Yeah. Thank you. It's all for
1: you, buddy. It's all it's for you. It's just in case you're a fae folk.
2: I, I appreciate the invite back to this. It's been a lot of fun. I had a good time. Um, yeah, most definitely. I, I I hope to join most every week that you guys allow me. So, uh, you know, my schedule's all over the place at the moment. Um, but, yeah, I I, I will be Hell here again. and there. So,
0: yeah, I'll let you know, Corey, Sean texted me today. He was like, was it okay if Corey joins tonight? I'm like, dude, I don't fucking give a shit. Like, it'd be amazing to have Corey on the show. Like, <laughs> fuck it, yeah, dude, let him on. And he's like, okay, well, sounds like a plan. And I'm like, dude, the more the merrier. Like... <laughs> Sean Sean rides that fine line between Mulder and Scully. Like sometimes he's full on Mulder, and sometimes mm-hmm. he's full on Scully. And we need more Scully in the in these episodes because, dude, I'm fucking Mulder all the way. Like there's aliens, fuck yeah, dude, I believe in all that shit. So we, you know, we need somebody, we need somebody to keep us straight and in line, Corey, yep. and that's you.
2: Uh, yeah, when it comes to all this paranormal stuff, it's just, I, I enjoy the story, right? Like, I, I think it's cool. I think it'd be cool if it was real, if I experienced a paranormal experience, but, um, yeah, the, I believe there's aliens out there. I don't believe we've ever encountered them. So that's about the closest believer that I am. That's all right, man.
0: You know what? That's cool. Oh, so you're like one eighth Mulder, you know, and that's good enough. <laughs>
2: He's dipping a toe in the pool, so to speak. Yeah. Well, whether they're, like, even, like, sentient in the same mm-hmm. way humans are or, like, intelligent at all, it's probably just, like, bacteria or something. That counts. That counts.
0: But I would also I, – I would see you one, Corey, and I, I I would raise the idea of the chaos theory that, yes, at one point in time in the universe, because you you as a human being have no concept of time. Like, you can't comprehend – Like, you could say, like, oh, a thousand years ago, but you can't literally comprehend a thousand years ago, right? Let alone, how long has the universe been around? And the chaos theory really delves into it. At some point, a society can only go on for so long. So even if there were little green men, by the time that they developed the technology and they got here, it would have been so far in our remote past that you know it, it it would have been thousands of years ago that they would have had interaction with human beings that some of the modern day stuff like I don't know that I believe in that but I do believe that from the span of the universe you know time beginning that there's been enough time for advanced civilizations to develop but they just fucked themselves into oblivion they created you know fucking chatbot gi that was just like nope you're a plague bloop and they just wiped themselves out and uh you know what? We're just next in line, baby.
2: Isn't that basically what the movie 65 Million is about? Like, yeah, that we're really dinosaurs? I, I haven't <laughs> seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it, looks, it looks like some alien race comes to Earth and then that's, to me, that's what it looks like. That's how it's going to end. It's like, oh, this is actually like our ancestors somehow. Yeah, like two fucking people survive a crash
0: and fucking take on a Tyrannosaurus Rex with a laser gun. That's the premise of the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I'm all for it. I don't know if you guys remember, what was the what was the cartoon when we were kids that had the aliens that crash land in prehistoric Earth? Half of them were like lizards and the other half were humans. Like Dino Wars or something like that. Dino Riders. Dude, fuck yeah, dude! That's actual history right there. I'm all for it. <laughs> go get me a go get me a saddle
1: for a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> well, Corey, anything else to add on this episode, buddy? Before we call it?
2: No, no. I I just want to say thank you again. Like this was this was a lot of fun. Hell yeah, man!
1: I really miss the days of pixelated radio, and I miss. I mean, we talk on Xbox more often than not throughout the week, but it's nice to have you, you know, with a set of headphones on, back in the uh, podcasting chair.
2: Yeah, maybe we'll revisit that in a different form someday, but um, at the moment it's it's too much work to take on a podcast again.
1: Yep, no, that makes total sense. For now, buddy, you can sit in our back seat. Anytime, Corey, I'm not even going to (laughs) complain. I
0: miss hearing your voice and seeing your face. Yep,
1: we'll just push all the beer cans and vape cartridges over to one side, dust off the seat, and make room for you. Folks, thank you for joining us on this episode. We really appreciate everybody in the live chat. It's awesome to hear from everybody. And if you're on the social medias, please check us out on the Instagram at PXL Paranormal. Please check us out on Facebook. Give us a follow there as well. The Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Preston, any more ground yet on the old YouTube?
0: Dude, we're up to like 242 subscribers on YouTube. And yeah. I'd like to think it's all because we finally have ourselves an executive producer. So, Kevin, thank you for the growth of two in, like, a week and a half. Couldn't do it without you, buddy. He's kind of like a little good luck charm, like, you know. So I think that should be his official title from here on out. <laughs> oh, look at that. Kevin said, my pleasure, Presto.
1: Mwah, buddy. Oh, shucks.
0: Yeah. So anyways, look, if you're paying attention at the bottom right hand of the screen, there is that giant weird fucking neon green paint splatter thing that says like and subscribe. So if you are watching this live, you like the content, share it with your friends. Don't be like those like sea urgents that just, you know, f- bottom feed off the free stuff and never contribute. We need to grow <laughs> oh, this show. Jesus. So like, subscribe, share with all your friends. Don't be a sea urgent. We deeply appreciate it. I'm trying to hit
2: the button, it's not working. Talk to your you know, this, technical advisor.
0: Yeah. When you get when you get on our god dang it YouTube holding us down. It's a conspiracy <laughs> theory. You don't want us to get the truth out there. Look, and as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, look, you might be out in the Mayan jungle and uh your days going to shit, and you're thinking to yourself, what happened? Like, why did everything just go wrong? And it's because you offended a Mayan wood spirit, and had your beard been rocking, it wouldn't have come a-knocking. You know, it appreciates when it's glistening oh, and it's oiled up, and if it's sticking this little Mayan wood spirit nose in the air, and it's like, is that bay rum? Is that fresh? Is that citrus? <laughs> oh my God, I think they might have got that at Dobbs, and you would be correct. They did get it at Dobbs, but you didn't do it not only do you look like shit, but you feel like shit because you didn't go to Dobbs. So, you know what? <laughs> go to Dobbs. Put the crap in your face. Save 20% by using code P-X-L-P-A-R-A for 20% off
1: your order. And you know what? Life's going to be good. You got it. You got it. Also, Lazarus says, uh, 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 I like sea urchins, motherfucker. They're beautiful and majestic. <laughs> And I said, I agree. I like <laughs> sea urchins and sand dollars. Sand dollars are dope. I got to agree, man. Um, excellent guess on bay rum fragrances and offering to Dewind Florida water. See, <laughs> dude, um, Lazarus. I went on a cruise and we stopped somewhere off of Neves or Nevis, and I was so stoked because I found sand dollars in the sand, and I'm just like, hey, I found some sand dollars. And then I got back on the boat and I realized, oh fuck, those were alive. Um, So I murdered two sand dollars, brought them all the way back, and then I, by then they were dead and molded, which was also, you know, karma. So I bleached them and left them in my garage to cure, only to find out that I used too much bleach and I powderized them. So if that's not karma
2: at its finest, I don't know what is. You murdered something and then, like boiled its body in acid and that's karma like
1: well it fell apart so i couldn't put it on like you know make my nightstand or yeah you're not you're not really helping yourself in this
0: story like you're just kind of making it worse yeah you just sound like
1: (laughs) yeah i learned my lesson don't fuck with nature that's a good lesson i do have a really awesome preserved octopus my wife got me and listen to this shit i know we've already lost half these people he says hold on real quick use a mixture of water peroxide and dawn dish soap depending on greasiness. Well, shit, now I know. Um, My wife got me a really badass octopus. that's preserved in a little uh, globe. And listen to this story. So this chick up in Oregon, her dad had really severe cancer and no health insurance. Health insurance sucks. That's a whole different, you know, episode. But as a way to make money, she realized there was this um, seafood company that's unloading trucks. And she saw people offloading like handfuls of like octopuses and fish and stuff like that. And so one day she's like, hey, what are you doing with all those, you know, octopuses and everything else? And they're like, oh, well, these actually are the ones that are defected. Maybe they're like an an arm got ripped off or there's some kind of weird deformity. So we just pitch them in the trash. And so the girl, long story short, struck up a deal. She bought all those specimens on the cheap. And then she actually learned how to preserve sea animals. And she sold um, preserved octopi, octopode. And then sold them on her Etsy shop. And all the proceeds went to basically funding her dad's cancer. And he's actually in remission now. And tons of people have really badass preserved octopuses. So. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Corey, you are correct. We are on the old man Sean Rambles (laughs) on this segment. (laughs) Oh, man, I can keep doing this, but we better not. Um Everybody, thank you so much. We've had probably the most engagement on this episode in the chat out of all of them. It's fantastic. You guys are all awesome. Please join us again. Um, Should be jumping on probably Monday night next week, same time. But all of you who are in the chat, Minecraft recruits, hey, what's up, dude? He says, hello, how are you all? We're good, buddy. Everybody, you know, subscribe, like the YouTube page, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on Facebook, please, because we'd like to keep these conversations rolling. And with that, thank you guys so much for joining us, and I'd like to raise my glass and say cheers to the weird shit in the world knows of us I'd love to talk about it. Stay spooky,
0: stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical. The strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and
1: the string.